This week on Business Brief, we'll take a look at the fast-growing field of artificial intelligence and how Missouri companies are weighing the ethics of AI. Then, we'll hear about the return of a program that provides summer meals to school kids and why fewer children are receiving meals this year. Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alert's podcast focused on business news and issues shaping the state. My name is Kelly DeRook. I'm joined by my co-host, Braden Wade. Braden, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, my second week at Missouri Business Alert, I've had a few stories published, and honestly, now I'm here on the podcast, and it feels good to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's great being back in the newsroom full-time this summer, and even better that we have such a talented large crew of reporters. Agreed. I'm excited to see the stories we produced this summer and looking forward to featuring several of those stories on this podcast. So, should we get into this week's headlines? Let's do it. The May jobs report revealed an unexpectedly robust labor market, with employers adding 339,000 jobs. The continued strength of the labor market will factor into Federal Reserve Bank officials' decision about whether to raise interest rates on Wednesday. Officials have indicated they may pause rate hikes at the meeting, but resume increases later in the summer if economic conditions necessitate such action. The central bank has raised its target rate from zero to more than 5% since last March in an effort to curb inflation. Many low-income Missourians could face a decrease in government assistance after the bill to suspend the debt ceiling was signed into law. The law expands work requirements to access the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, also known as food stamps, and Temporary Aid for Needy Families, or TAMP. It also includes changes to TAMP, that would allow Missouri to divert more money away from the program. The deal helped the U.S. avoid economic catastrophe, but some opponents say it will hurt low-income and older Americans. Governor Mike Parson and 17 other Republican governors have created a coalition opposing the Biden administration's change to mortgage fees. This new change affects the loan-level price adjustment fees. In most cases, the change causes those with lower risk of default to pay less than those at higher risk. However, in certain situations, it raises fees for low-risk borrowers from rates they would have paid prior to the change. The Lake of the Ozarks could have its new amusement park open by 2024. The development plan for the $350 million project to build the oasis at Lakeport was approved last week. By 2026, developers hope to also open a water park and a hotel on the site. However, sometimes share owners with houses on the prospective site of the park are reluctant to sell. A recent survey shows a decrease in the share of small and mid-sized business owners that feel positively about economic conditions. Just one-fifth of respondents to the survey from Insurer Nationwide gave a positive rating of business conditions in the U.S. Business owners cited concerns about the health of American banking institutions, but inflation was rated as the top obstacle negatively impacting both small and mid-sized businesses over the past six months. Nearly two-thirds of small and mid-sized business owners expect a recession in the next six months. For our first segment, we are taking a look at the growth of artificial intelligence. What's going on with AI? So as the use of artificial intelligence spreads, more people are raising concerns over the risk and ethics behind the technology. And just last month, dozens of AI experts issued a statement warning AI could pose a risk on par with nuclear war and a pandemic. Wow. How have tech firms responded to these concerns? Well, in many places, the companies are continuing to develop the technology, and despite some calling for a pause, 
Samuel J. Cummings III, the chief executive of AI firm Dataplant, spoke with Missouri Business Alert's Thomas Gleason about the state of the industry in St. Louis. So it seems like you chose to move here. Um, why was that? Why did you feel that data plant needed to be in St. Louis? Yeah, so a couple things. Number one, I'm from St. Louis. So this for me was uh, the odyssey, Odysseus coming home, right? This was a moment, right? And so a uh, shout out to St. Louis University College and St. Louis University High School. They are the places that really helped me become the man I am today. Uh, next to my father, obviously, you know, pops. But inside of, uh, you know, St. Louis really has some real core strengths that are structural. I think more important than ever, location is key. And what St. Louis and Missouri has is a real strong, hard to beat combination. One of them is we have a strong college structure in St. Louis. We have St. Louis University. We have Wash U. We have Harris Stowe. What that allows for is for a product like what we're doing, we can create a pipeline from colleges to our space. And what that looks like is instead of people learning how to build SQL or how to build reports in their stats class in college, they can instead take a business analytics course, learn how to apply analytics using a data plan. And so, you know, St. Louis has that uniqueness that, again, there's not many other cities that have this amount of density of colleges. So that was number one. Then number two, our, our tech community has actually gotten more mature. Uh, we've had multiple exits, meaning multiple companies that were founded in 20, you know, 2008, 2010, 2012, they have made exits, meaning they've essentially either closed for millions of dollars, sold for a billion. They've had their end rounds. And what that's led to is there's now more capital in the space. And so there's essentially a budding ecosystem that's on the verge that then provides that human capital. And then finally, price of living. To build a business anywhere else that you want, you know, to get those things, you're, you're, you're going to have to have a couple million, you know? And so it's a challenge of just general cost coupled with cost of living, coupled with those two factors that make Missouri almost an un unbeatable match. What kind of growth in AI have you seen across the industry overall and in St. Louis, if you can speak to that? St. Louis is still burgeoning in this space. For the most part, there's really a verticalization of AI that's taking place. So just as we work in customer success, some of the other AI players, one of them called capacity, they're working in support ticket management. The AI innovation type of tools usually take a lot of capital. So there is a dearth or a gap in the amount of AI being developed in St. Louis and in Missouri. So yes, there are companies, but as far as like players, there's only about four that have true MVP value use case. A lot of the other people are, you know, that are in this space, and it's burgeoning, no, no discounts. There are tons of great people out there. Um, they're still in a lot of the idea phases. And what I mean by that is the platform or the use case of what they're, they're, they're trying to deliver still needs to be bare to life, to bear fruit. And so there's still this, there's a gap between the big players and you think of it like, we're the smallest of the big data plant, but other big players like Balto, uh, you know, capacity. These are ones in, in scale. They've all raised hundreds of millions of dollars. And so there's a hard part, and this goes to that monopoly happening kind of right now, where certain players essentially, you know, are only going to be able to win if they have enough capital to bring these platforms to life. Because AI development is an order of magnitude more expensive than just building a regular app. And so that's what puts that cost burden on the fact that St. Louis, and this is what impact on St. Louis, is you don't have a wealth 
of you of, of AI platforms out there coming out of Missouri. You do have a wealth of startup ideas that want to build a platform. They're looking to raise money for that. So that no, no shout out to the young comers coming up because uh, the future is bright. Our companies kind of taking the concerns on themselves and saying, hey, let's let's pause. Let's make sure we're doing everything that's ethical and make sure that we're not, you know, we're, we're not running the risk with AI here. Individually, yes. So like I can speak for myself. The choices we've made on the product and the types of functionality we've anchored on, some had some factor in ethics. But ethics is, is loose. Not everyone has the same ethics. So if you talk to those founders, they won't say they're doing anything unethical. Everyone has these mental things they'll point to to give them justification for what they're doing. But objectively, there is no ethics. So you know, we, individually, there's people. But when you roll it up to the sum, zero ethics. People are doing whatever it takes to make a product that's going to sell. And if that means make something that is immorally uh, you know, bankrupt, they're going to, they're making it and they're going to get funds for it as long as they can promise or tell people that it's going to bring them 50 million or 500 million. For our next story, we'll hear about the summer food service program. What does the program do? It provides meals to kids after school ends in May. Many low-income children depend on school breakfasts and lunches to support their nutrition, and this program looks to fill the gap when school gets out. Gotcha. And what's going on with the program now? Well, the number of meals handed out in Missouri has declined the last couple years, and there are fewer sites handing those meals out. Missouri Business Alert's Katie Quinn has more on that story. Betty, what kind of milk do you want? White or chocolate? In Columbia, Monday was the first day of a summer program providing right. meals for children. When the clock strikes noon, volunteers and staff hand out lunch sacks at the local okay. recreation center, yeah, the Armory. Erin Harris is a nutrition supervisor for Boone County's Women, Infants, and Children program. She says kids are given meals with nourishment in mind. So we've got chili. We've already got the chips loaded. There's a little packet of granola in there. We've got pears and corn and sour cream to top the chips. And then they have their choice of um, white milk or chocolate milk, and it's all low fat. The Mid-Missouri site will be open Monday through Friday for lunch. The Summer Food Service Program is a U.S. Department of Agriculture-funded meal service for children up to 18 years old. Missouri is home to hundreds of sites, which are often at schools, churches, and local community centers. The USDA reimburses organizations for individual meals at around $3 for breakfast and $5 for lunch or dinner. It's up to the sponsor at each site to stay on budget while still serving nutritious food. Last year, around 33,000 meals were handed out in Missouri daily. Erica Buford is with Powerhouse Community Development. The organization partners with the health department in Columbia to strategically set up sites where children will go. We knew that the ones that we did pick, they they do get a lot of um, lot of traffic, a lot of um, kids. So we we know that those areas, the kids will um, at least get fed. At an allotted time, children can arrive, pick up a meal, and eat it there. The number of food sites in Columbia has shrunk. This is in part due to regulations requiring the child to eat the meal in its entirety on site. Buford says the rule has led to fewer people coming because of potential danger. And so in some of these neighborhoods, there's there's just no way that they can um, 
cross some of these busy streets. During the COVID emergency rule, waivers allowed for more children to receive meals through a grab-and-go option. Buford says one challenge that sites are facing is rising gas prices, especially since some people working the programs for powerhouse community development must travel to multiple locations. Some staff or volunteers are going to two and three sites, you know, in a day, depending on uh, how many how many sites we have. So. Statewide, cities and towns throughout Missouri are distributing these meals this summer, including Ozark's Food Harvest. The Feed America Food Bank has 18 sites in 10 counties in southwest Missouri. Jordan Browning, who's the public information officer for Ozark's Food Harvest, says that one in five kids in southwest Missouri are food insecure. Having the same access to food pantries is a challenge. The big issue that we're looking at is trying to increase that access to where someone living in somewhere like Shannon County has the same amount of access that someone does living in Greene County. Rural areas in particular lack the ability to provide meals. That's why when choosing a site, Browning says Ozark's food harvest makes less populated communities a priority. Um, especially in the more rural sections of our service area, because that can become a very large issue um, where we're not only encountering food deserts, but we're struggling with people that are already food insecure. The food bank also looks to partner with local organizations that are already established in the area. If people are coming to those sites for other reasons, it's easier for children to receive meals there. Ozark's Food Harvest hopes to expand its sites to reach more families in southwest Missouri. It's now time for us to get into our words of the week. Brayden, what's your word this week? My word is crawl. Okay, why crawl? The Kansas City Startup Crawl returns Friday in the Power and Light District. The event will be filled with entrepreneurs, small businesses, and startups, with nearly 60 companies expected to attend. When was the last time this event was held? Back in 2019, and it drew nearly 1,000 people that year. But it's been on hiatus since then because of the pandemic. Makes sense. So what else do we need to know about this year's crawl? Who's hosting the event? Well, this year it will take place across three venues, Spark Coworking KC, H&R Block, and Blade and & Timber. But for more information on the crawl, check out the full story on MissouriBusinessAlert.com. And that's all I've got this week. What's your word, Kelly? My word this week is crack spread. What does that mean? Well, it refers to the cost of refining oil from the ground into the gasoline that comes out of the pump to put into vehicles. The motor gasoline crack spread is currently about 80 cents, but is forecasted to fall to less than half that by early next year. And why does this matter to Missourians? Well, this impacts consumers in Missouri because oil is the number one factor in determining gas prices. Saudi Arabia recently announced cuts in oil production, which caused forecasts for global oil prices in the coming years to rise. But U.S. gas prices are expected to decline after June. And why is it expected to decline? The decreasing gasoline crack spread will make it cheaper to refine oil into fuel. Also, gas prices generally peak in the height of summer, but go down as the season ends. For more information, the full story can be found on MissouriBusinessAlert.com. For our closing thought, we'll return again to the startup crawl. Here's Nick Smith, founder of the Kansas City startup company, Sale, discussing what the event means to young companies like his. Anytime you have an experience for the first time, you know, there's, you're wide-eyed and you're, you're really excited to see what other companies in your space or in an adjacent space are doing. So I think anticipation for participating the first time is probably the primary thing we're looking forward to most. 
but there's also a sense of pride in putting our you know our company that's grown so rapidly in front of other people to tell our story to share our our vision and just to get to know them and so i think that that's that's a really exciting thing we can't wait for well that's all for this week thank you to the m33 project for providing the music for this episode for my co-host Braden Wade and editors Michael Stacy and Katie Quinn. I'm Kelly DeRook. This has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week.